How is everybody doing? Today is February 4th, 2022. My name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. Uh, these are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast. And future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD, NVIDIA, and PayPal. Thank you. Okay, so there's a few things to talk about this week. Uh, just starting off with, I guess, some of my own positions and stuff. Um, last week, I doubled down. I doubled down on Thursday uh, because I had a pretty bad entry on AMD, NVIDIA, and PayPal. But we'll kind of leave PayPal out of the situation of what I'm about to talk about for a second because it's not a semiconductor. Um, so I doubled down on AMD and NVIDIA last Thursday. Uh, AMD reported earnings this week. AMD reported really well, and so AMD sh- shot up after market, and the next day, uh, as well as NVIDIA, because NVIDIA is in the same sector as AMD, and any anything that reports within the same sector doing really well will usually pop everything else up. And so um, I'm happy to be uh, getting my AMD shares called away. They're not call- quite called away yet, because shares get, call- get called away on Saturdays, um, but after this weekend, I most likely won't be having any AMD shares. Rather, I'll just have the cash secure put that I have open. Um, but it was really awesome just, you know, flexing my patience, really. Because I, I think the old me would have seen, like, the AMD earnings do really well and say, like, oh, boy, this is the time to uh, put on more risk because, hey, uh it's a grand slam or it's a it's a guaranteed slam that uh you know i'll walk away with profits but what we found out for the rest of the week was that hey we actually kind of corrected a little bit from the highs of the pop uh from amd earnings so that was really cool to see because i just chose to stay out for a little bit and mitigate some of my risk i put on so instead of like saying buying like 300 more shares of amd instead i just wrote one cash secured put which means like I de-risk basically $24,000 because each batch of 100 shares is around $12,000. So that was one thing. I still have my NVIDIA position that I'm still working to break even on. Um, But after getting a profit on AMD with such a bad entry, I'm just as confident or even more confident that I'll be able to do the same thing with NVIDIA. All this really is is just being more patient than the next person. There's a lot of opportunities in this market right now to get got. Um, you could instantly put on way too much risk than you originally wanted. I think the biggest piece of advice I could give anyone that's trying to actively trade these markets is um, make sure at the end of the day or at the end of the week, you're not stuck with too much obligation. Um, and by that, I mean like don't make sure you're not using all of your cash at your disposal. We're still in a rocky, um, turbulent environment. If you are one of the people that just buy stock and just always never sell, then it, by all means, you should just buy whenever you feel comfortable. But I understand that's like not the majority of people that trade stocks uh, just from personal experience. So if you're trying to time the market by buying low and selling high and vice versa, if you're at Wall Street Bets, you're going to have a really, really hard time timing the market because timing the market is already hard. And when volatility is this high, it gets even more difficult. So just be very careful um, with how much money you're allocating. Um, a good 
like uh, measure of how how much you've been putting in if it's too much or not is how much you care if you feel like you can't get a good night's sleep without checking futures if you look at the number um, of your profit loss going down if it really really bothers you you have probably put in too much make sure that you're only playing with money that you can afford to lose of course um, but for those that are playing with retirement accounts really think about it this is your future and this is what your kids might rely on this is might what you might rely on this is what your partner might rely on be very very careful you don't have to prove anything to anyone right now just watch out for yourself and make sure you trade responsibly um, you know for all those that like uh, think that the market is the way to become rich it's one way uh, I, I'll give you that like there, there are people that just get rich from the stock market but a lot of the wealth that you will gain is from just like making sure you do uh, responsible bets or responsible investing. If you consistently blow up, and I've said this a million times over the podcast, you won't get to that critical point where you start doing higher probability trades that receive uh, higher amounts of premium. Instead, you'll continue to do the lower probability stuff that don't give you as much premium. So just be, just be careful. Talking about a few other things that happened this week, PayPal also reported PayPal has been hit like a truck. Um, let me just bring up PayPal right now. PayPal is sitting at 126. It was previously at a much larger number. Let me try to see if I can find the number at the peak real quick. At its peak, it was at like 312. We'll just say like 300 bucks. Right now, it being down to 126, that's over a 50% decline. And that is crazy to me. Um, you know, I already liked PayPal when it was at 316. Um, and then I thought, hey, you know, it's at like around the 200 mark. I might as well go in. Um, but yeah, good luck, bad luck, or bad timing, bad news, not enough due diligence, etc., etc. The stock is now chilling at 126. Um, shout out to the viewers slash listeners that commented on my uh, PayPal trade on datagang.com slash Juni. Uh, there was a question of like, Juni, what are you going to do with PayPal, with your PayPal stock? Uh, and I basically just said like, you know, it's way too far down below my break even to sell reasonable covered calls. And uh, I don't feel like um, buying the dip right now or doubling down right now is the best risk reward just because there is no bottom yet. Um, we do see some buying pressure like building back up. But we're still on very low volume, so I'm kind of just waiting for an uptrend to determine whether or not I want to sell puts, do I want to buy shares and then sell two covered calls. All of that, I do not need to rush for. I'm playing PayPal much like I did like my other stocks during the coronavirus crash. Um, you know, when you're super down on something, so a lot of people put their backs against the wall and think like, oh, I gotta make a move right now. Really, the way that you know that you've, you're growing as a trader is like when you understand your timeline. I didn't put all my money into PayPal. I put um, at that time ten percent, like up to ten percent. So it was like nine point something percent of my portfolio size into PayPal, and that being down around fifty percent, uh, I'm down around six point seven k, six point seven k on PayPal, which, in the grand scheme of things, is not that much. Um, and so just being patient there and then choosing on when to double down, um, that comes with more info. So I'll just wait probably like a week or two and then I'll decide again from there.
Okay, uh, real quick, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, a guy named Michael. So Michael and I have had a few emails shared back and forth um, over like the last few months, maybe. Michael has been sending in some really cool feedback for the website, uh, and a lot of which I've taken action on. So uh, he's brought it up that like some profiles take a really long time to load. Um, I've also have observed that, but he also went the extra mile of like uh, providing screenshots and all, like very detailed explanations on how he would personally fix the problem. And that inspired me to just finally garner up the energy to really just flesh it out and get it done. And so Michael has sent in another very detailed, screenshot heavy, explanation, calculation heavy uh, email. And it's just like, thank you for taking time, uh, like, out of your day to do something for someone that you barely know like from the bottom of my heart i really appreciate you and i really push appreciate the amount of effort you put into these emails it's very inspiring to see that like um you know people are willing to just straight up do this uh like i to i i come from a software background too and i i consider myself to also be someone that's very like open to open source but i've never really had such a huge idea like this um take off where people that have like michael's background uh and stature are kind of helping me out too like this detailed um it's very very cool to see it's very motivating so one more time michael thank you so much and uh i'll, I'll like to see how i could get it done and speaking of big backgrounds and stature, uh, I want to give a shout out to someone outside of my emails, but still within the Theta Gang community inside the ThetaGang.com uh, Discord and Patreon. A uh, longtime supporter and friend, I want to give a shout out to Major. Major has been doing a lot of cool things within the Discord. Uh, I think I've briefly talked about it before where he's uh, created this earnings bot. So he's done a lot of cool changes there. Um, and then also, you know, created a bot that tracks, uh, patrons trades, um, too. So it's just a whole bunch more reasons to be excited, uh, to wake up and say good morning in the discord and just start the chit chat, uh, for the day. There's lots of cool things that he's been working on and, uh, it's, I think it, it can almost go, um, like underappreciated sometimes because because i realize that people can spend their day however they want like you have 24 hours in the day maybe you sleep eight of them that leaves you with 16 and then you work maybe like eight hours a day and then that brings you down to eight you eat for like three hours of the day breakfast lunch and dinner so it leaves you at five and then if you have family, a boyfriend, girlfriend, then, you know, that brings you down to maybe like two. And you have two hours to do, you know, your your me time. But you're spending some of that me time sending in an email, writing a bot. And it's it's insane uh, to me that people um, are, are this helpful. I've had uh, other people... Just like randomly helped me too. I remember PFM uh, a while ago, um, a patron that without even being a patron first, like just straight up told me how to fix my email system over 
uh, over the email. <laughs> like he sent me an email on how to fix my email. And it was crazy because he just sent me all these like very detailed instructions on how to fix my MX records uh, for those that are in tech. Like I had, I had my DNS records kind of mixed up. And he was able to like sniff it out and tell like what was wrong. And that was such a big help. I've had a lot of really cool people step in and tell me like, hey, this is how you, this is how I would do it. And this is, you know, what I think you should do. And, you know, but, but what I've also appreciate is like all of these people that are, you know, offering to help are offering it in, in the nicest ways possible. Like there's no ego when I read these things. They're not like, oh, this is so, this is, this sucks. You know, you need to do this, you need to do that it's always from a loving perspective and i think a lot of that is from just like you know how i communicate through the podcast you know not so much in twitter because twitter is my my triggering zone but uh, for those that listen to the podcast yeah um i'm i'm really cool that our community is like this if you've ever wanted to send in an email i appreciate it if you do but i also understand the immense amount of time it takes to actually send one um but uh, yeah, it is very, very appreciated. So thank you once again, Michael and uh, Major, for everything that you've done. Thank you, thank you. Okay, and uh, just talking about earnings real quick. Uh, I feel like personally, uh, Amazon just saved the market, uh, at least for this week. So uh, earlier this week, Facebook or AKA Meta um, dropped considerably, and then that dragged tech, the tech market down. Amazon reported the next day on Thursday after the bell, which as the t- at the time of this recording was yesterday, um, and they beat earnings. And so Amazon raised the rates of um, uh, the Amazon Prime. They increased the, the price you have to pay for Amazon Prime. And then they also reported like their cloud growth was super huge. So that's super cool. Um, but really, uh, Amazon beating earnings, Google beating earnings, like things are starting to shape up, especially like AMD also beating earnings. Like the core, really nice tech stocks are seeming to do what they've always done is just always save the market. Apple also did really well. So we're just seeing some of the markets start to get this relief that we've been looking for because you know we've been seeing the, like the interest rate hikes uh, are kind of spooky because you know we don't know how big or how often they're going to be coming in March. Um, but these uh, earnings reports are what's giving uh, us just a little bit more confidence in uh, you know getting our money back in. Or if you're already all in, then it's giving you hope for the for the recovery bounce. But um, just thought I'd uh, report on that because Amazon um, really did just save uh, my. Uh, AMD position because uh, with AM or with Amazon beating earnings and lifting up the tech market, my AMD uh, shares are going to get called away tomorrow on Saturday, um, and I'm only going to be left with a cash secure put as planned, uh, and uh, my Nvidia uh, position that I'm currently down on is got a really nice boost as well, and so. It's basically the best I could have hoped for, and I'm just thankful to um, go into next week. Uh, and beyond earnings, um, just about stocks in general, looking at QQQ and SPY, looking at the daily graph, um, volume is pretty high right now. Uh, despite us going like up and down, up and down, volume right now is higher than like the average of, say, like uh, 
it back in December. December, we had pretty low volume. Um, but in January, we've had a really good amount of churn. A lot of correction, obviously, from the top. But we've had a lot of churn as well. So as long as volume continues to stay stable like this at such a high amount, uh, at least in comparison to, like, say, December, then I think we're okay. Um, if, say, for example, we started having, like, a lot of green days, but it was very low volume, that would be kind of kind of scary, right? Because you want more and more people to believe that uh, this price is the bottom. That's kind of like how I like to explain it to beginners. Um, the more people that buy in a specific price, the more people believe that, hey, you know, it's going to go up from here. Um, so, yeah, the market today had a pretty good day, uh, in my opinion, just because of Amazon earnings. We'll see what next week brings. Um, but right now, volume seems to be good. Uh, we're obviously still in this, like, uh, potential downwards channel um, that you know we've been going through since the beginning of January um, but if we consolidate if we start to bounce off of supports and stuff I see us I don't know just kind of cruising along this is kind of where uh, selling puts shine dependent on you know how far out in time you want to actually sell them one tip though I would say is like don't be selling the ones that are 45 days out which are like the standard Tastyworks ones, um, in the event that we break through a support. So a lot of what Tastyworks likes to, um, you know, teach is, you know, let the numbers play out, see what happens. Um, Forty-five days gives it a lot of time to be right because you get, in fact, you you get paid a lot, right? You get paid a lot more for like a weekly, um, just because of all the time baked in. But if you're like a beginner right now and you sell a contract that's 45 days out and then something breaks the support here, you're not going to feel good. And a lot of you just might be like, oh, well, Judy, just because you don't feel good doesn't mean you're not going to make money. Uh, you know, to a beginner, that is actually really important. It's like feeling good and feeling safe. So if, if you feel like you are not good at holding your position when things break supports, then there really is no point to be writing an expiration date that far because we still are in danger of breaking the support for like say QQQ, which is like the 345 area and SPY, which is what, like the 430 area. We could trend down from here. Maybe next week's earnings are not that great and then we continue this downtrend of like uh, being scared until the next rate hike. Um, but uh, if your you know suspicion is like hey maybe we just consolidate here we just continue bouncing up and down a little bit then you know selling puts uh, is not a bad idea just because volatility is also high right now what I don't understand are the people that are buying leaps right now so we've we've uh, we've corrected a bit right a lot of the stocks that you know are having mainstays of last year are um, down quite a bit right now but when people are buying leaps, it's like they also don't understand like, hey, dude, you're actually paying a lot more for the leap uh, than you would have, uh, say, like in December uh, without any clear direction on like, okay, where are we going to go now? Do we have some supports to bounce off of? We're basically at that point in time where we determine whether or not the support will hold. I hope that gives you the best context. If you don't believe me or if you want to see the graph yourself and maybe make your own uh, call, absolutely do so. Just go to the SPY graph or QQQ graph 
And then, um, yeah, let's look at the daily one-year chart uh, that shows per candle is one day. Um, and then you'll see, like, we are at the cusp of a support. Right now, if you open a 45-day contract and if it broke the support, you probably wouldn't be feeling all too great uh, if you're a beginner. If you're a option-selling veteran and you know the ropes, then you're going to be fine. But I also want to make sure that I address that there are a lot of beginners that listen to this podcast. And right now, opening a 45-day expiration, though it pays you a lot more money than, say, a 7-day or 14-day, it will uh, feel bad if we do trend down from here. So just be careful. Okay, uh, and I have a event to go to. So I think I'll just, instead of going into a topic, I'll just answer an email question. Um, this one is from Matthew Clark. It reads, hey, Junie, I hope you're enjoying outs- enjoying your life outside of this crazy market. I just had a question about choosing what week or expiration when selling calls and puts. I feel confident in the strikes and TA I use, but it's not 100% confident uh, in the reasoning behind choosing expirations. Uh, I tend to lean to weekly or bi-weekly depending on market conditions. Just wondering what you look for when choosing expirations. I hope work is going well and you've had a little bit more free time since uh, trying to be in less work meetings. Also wish you, your mom and family good health. Your follower and friend, Matthew. Thank you for the wishes, especially ones towards my mom. Uh, Matthew and uh, let's get into the question so I thought this was a pretty relevant email just because of what I just had said about the 45 day uh, remark um, when choosing an expiration right now when things are very very volatile uh, I think it's in your best interest uh, or especially mine because I'm just going to talk about me really uh, just so you know (laughs) it's not me telling you what to do it's just me (laughs) saying what I do Um, When things are very volatile, I get into this mindset of, all right, everyone thinks it's going to either go really up or really down right now. And um, instead of thinking that it's going to end up somewhere in the middle, I would rather just bet on a direction. Um, And then if it were to not go in that direction, I'd rather just be assigned earlier. So with that reasoning, I'd rather only sell puts. Uh, I'll never sell a naked call. I might sell covered calls sometimes. But um, in this case, when I think the market has, like, say, bottomed with my own indicators or whatever, I'll sell puts. And then I'll sell puts with a 7 to 14 day expiration. That's what makes me feel okay. If I were to sell a 45 day there is a chance that this is just the beginning of a very long bear trend. And if I were to put a 45 day expiration contract out there selling a put, then if we do continue this downtrend, we go down below a support, then well, if that happens, say like on Monday open, if we break the support on Monday open, um, then that's like potentially 43 or 42 more days. I have to just hold on to the contract unless if I want to exit out the contract early for a loss exiting out a exiting out of a contract for a loss is a absolute no-no in my system there's like just no way i'll do that unless if it's a very 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 big emergency um because i'm not a really big believer in stop losses i think that the market does generally tend to go up so i'll choose to just get assigned early 
Like, I'd rather just get assigned right away, which is why I like the weekly or bi-weekly um, expirations that you've picked, too. Another reason why I like the weekly and bi-weekly expirations is that I feel like the theta uh, premiums or the time premiums or the volatility premiums also kick in for me faster. Like, I feel like I receive premium um, with those uh, much more, like, visually. Like, every morning I wake up, especially if the trade or if the stocks trades flat, I see green. Uh, on a 45-day expiration, there's really a lot of chance for um, for it to just remain like idle money. Uh, a theta doesn't really move all too much at 45, um, and just the premium you start soaking out uh, doesn't leach out um, much until you reach like the 30-day mark. Um, but at the 14-day, or when you have like two weeks based, uh, two weeks uh, basically left on the contract, um, it's just it just feels really good. Um, I feel like, yeah, my money's working for me and it keeps it fun. I think if you have a lot more money, 45 days seems pretty nice just because it's also a lot more hands off. Um, but I thoroughly enjoy like the process of breaking even and making money um, and using contracts to you know wiggle my way out of like sticky situations. Kind of like one that I found myself in AMD that I just wiggled out of now, and then I have to still wiggle out of NVIDIA, I still gotta wiggle out of PayPal, and it's fun. Um, and so, here's also another thing. When I'm trying to break even, I also don't put on 45 days, um, because I understand when I'm breaking even, I'm playing from a losing position, and I also have to be nimble. If I don't, if I commit to never closing a contract out for a loss, I need to take assignment earlier. That's just like a fact. Or else I won't be able to do things if I'm down on a bad position that's effectively getting worse. So it's a little bit more work. Um, but if you're disciplined, I think it's better, um, I, in my opinion. When it doesn't work is if you're an emotional trader and all these actions can lead you to doing like one more dumb thing that you, you wouldn't have done if you had just sold a 45, like sold it and forgot it. Um, because like every time you go into your portal, there is a chance where you start buying puts on the way down or you start buying calls on the way up and then you vice versa gets, get burned if it doesn't go your way. So just, you know, inter like look at your past behavior almost and see if, like, Hey, you know, have you been emotional during this January correction or have you been pretty disciplined in making sure that you set up your triggers and whatnot? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's I think that's it. Forty-five days on a losing trade, that especially that loses early, like if it breaks support really early, it feels so bad. Some of some of you that are listening is like, Junie, I open up forty-five days all the time, and the stock will go down, and I don't break a sweat because I know it just bounce back up. And that's why you're a better trader than me, right? Like. That, that that's just facts like if you wanted to trade 45 days and you're you're totally cool with that especially in a volatile environment you must have been do, just doing this longer than me or something because it's it's still scary i think a lot of my past habits um that i trade with are still from the coronavirus dates or the coronavirus uh, crash days where i sold like a 30-day contract on uh on the like these apple and um apple nvidia 
and uh, I forget I forget the last one now. But I was signed 80k worth of stock. It was not fun holding on to that and then waiting to get a sign felt super bad. Um, and yeah, just keeping my guard up, making sure that like even though I had a really great last year and a great last year before that, um, this year has not started off as well as my last two years. But I'm not letting my ego get to me. I I still understand that I'm learning and I'm just doing exactly what I've been doing um, up until now. So I'm just like really trying to make sure that I don't um, do anything quite out the norm. Another thing that I like to do when I pick expirations is I will actively choose to not include earnings within my uh, strike. At least when I, you know, I'm thoughtful of it. So if I see that earnings are coming up and I'm about to choose a strike, uh, my favorite strike to choose is choosing the strike that expires before the earnings week of that stock. Um, because you could play the run-up to the expiration date. There's a lot of volatility still baked into that price because a lot of people still want to get in before the earnings. Um, but I do not like opening myself up to obligation or assignment in case if the earnings are bad. I'm not a huge fan of doing earnings plays anymore. I think they're really fun. I think that it's really fun to watch. And I think it's okay once in a while, but I choose to not make it a habit. So if you see that earnings are coming up um, and say it's like, I don't know, it's like three weeks out, then yeah, just do the just do the three week expiration, the one that expires right before that week. And you know, it, it's okay to do a three week at, during that time because um, maybe you don't want to do a two week and then have that close and then open up a one week. Maybe you just want to get all three done, just done in one contract. Um, but ideally you wouldn't want to put yourself up to be someone's insurance for earnings. Cause if you believe in earnings as much as I do in it being like very black and white, like you win or you lose, you wouldn't need that to be a part of your system. I think again, it's fun, and I think everyone should should do it if they want to do it. But you can make your system work without depending on the volatility premium that you get from earnings. A lot of newer like theta game traders are like, "Oh yeah, I love selling puts and calls to Wall Street be Wall Street best people uh, on earnings because uh, they they think these out the money calls and puts are gonna print." <laughs> But then what you quite find out is that like they do print. Sometimes they really do print. And uh, if you're on the short side of one of those trades, it can really, really ruin like your year or your life, to be honest. So don't ever think that like, um, you know, earnings are so, like controlled at all. They're very irrational, just much like the stock market. Don't ever assume that when you sell something, it will not get assigned. Because the one time where you say like, oh, there's no way this is gonna get assigned. I promise you that news article, the market manipulators are gonna come out, they're gonna get you. Um, the, the stock market is so beautiful sometimes. It's like the ocean. Um, if you let your guard down, you will get got super hard. It, you can appreciate its beauty, you can see the numbers churn, you can rake all the premium you want. But the second you let your guard down, you, you start like being like, uh, you put your risk appetite on too much or you just become too careless, you get got. And so um, for that reason, I'm not a huge fan of writing puts. Uh, 
um, or writing date to days to expiration that include the earnings date. I'd rather always have the uh, option expire before the before the week of earnings, and then I'll wait until earnings have happened, where I'll have more knowledge and more info to write a better strike and support depending on what I just learned. Because um, the more information you have, the better uh, decisions you can make. That's a mantra in like Magic the Gathering or all types of game theory. You want to have more information than the next person. And if all you need to do is wait to make that decision, then that's free. Like, why don't you go out, ride a skateboard, raise orchids, raise shrimp while you wait for the earnings um, uh, earnings for the earnings week to come by. And then once you see the earnings report and you see all the everyone else's opinion, you get a chance to formulate your own. Then you choose a new strike with a new support and then feel great about the trade. Instead of, you know, being potentially down on the short contract that you're um, writing and then earnings week comes up and you're saying like, okay, I really hope for a bounce so that I can make it on my contract with this break even. And then you're caught with your pants down because you're hoping for a positive result or a ne or maybe a negative one, uh, depending on which side of the trade you're on. But you're hoping for a direction, like a specific direction for earnings. And suddenly, now you're playing an earnings play, right? It, it's no longer that like 45-day contract that you wrote. Instead, it's just a earnings play. And you're, you're hoping and you're, you're, you're praying that like, man, I really hope this stock goes in the direction that I need it to so that I can make it out of this trade okay. When instead, you could have just sold the contract that expires the week before so you don't have to pray or wait or anything you could do something right then and there uh, and then just re-enter later a lot of people love the extra premium that you get from earnings but i i fundamentally believe that if you're really really good at this style of trading you don't need earnings as part of your system thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> awesome and I think that's about it. So thank you uh, for everyone that has uh, been listening, and especially the ones that are tuning into the stream. Um, I feel like the streams have gone in really, really, uh, have gone really well, especially since now that I have a red number to always display every week instead of like me being up like tens of thousands of dollars um last year or the year before that now it's a red number and so i feel like more people are inclined to like come in and say like oh is juni still red what is he doing to get out of red it th there's just so much more interesting questions and scenarios that people bring up because of my red number so if you want to stop by and if you want to ask questions or if you want to just see my red number <laughs> uh you can stop stop by to twitch.tv slash real theta gang at 7 30 p.m pacific time uh, every Tuesday where I stream um, and it's just a fun time uh, right now uh, <laughs> me, besides me yawning <laughs> um, it, it, it's feeling pretty good I'm in a I feel like I'm in a good spot and one of my other my one of my cash secure puts are doing pretty well uh, for AMD and then um, yeah excited to just keep the ball rolling with uh, NVIDIA uh, NVIDIA earnings when are they by the way just as a self-reminder almost. Video earnings are on the February 16th, which is not next week, uh, but it's the week after that. So that'd be cool. Maybe sell a cash secure put uh, for the February 11th strike. Who knows? Um, 
but we'll see. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I will see everybody uh, next week on the podcast or the stream. Bye-bye. Okay, I want to give a shout-out to Pocket Change, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay-Z, and Pastor Bedtime, Empty Cans, Moz, Norco, Royal, Mitch Bay, Sam, Upstream, Puddle, Craig Thomas, G.J. Wilson, BJ, Kim, Tatiska, Ram, Tom Hobbs, Mr. Integrity, Trevi, Deleted, Joffrey86, Island Bell, Wheaton, Nav, Vlad TC, Mom, and Chavonis, I'm hating the little, Mr. Steezy, my own Grandpa, and then they Jensen, Fancy, Wolfmaster, XC, Fly, Seneca, LG Smith, Mememe, Chicken Dinner, Ivy Nurkanov, Arfman, Lorsco, Tordis Reserve, Jester, Crispy Cream Boy, Kaput, Rustier, Shifty, AG, Theta Ray, UXV, Elfinkel, 4RT, Can't Make Money, RRL, and Ensis88. And that's it. Thank you all for uh, just taking the time to listen to me and making me a part of your day. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll get into more of the 1% section next week um, just because I have something to go to right now. But uh, yeah, uh, I hope everyone is doing well uh, and that everyone is taking time for themselves. It it can feel really difficult Um to you know take time for yourself if you never understand that you need to some people might say oh no i'm fine i'll just continue working or uh, you know i'm fine i don't need a break take that break you know coming from someone that like works pretty often i mean i think i work i work a good amount sometimes especially on either the podcast website my nine to five or you know anything else in my hobbies i might be doing but like take Take a break. It's cool to just check out and just, you know, watch something or just, like, binge on YouTube. Like, it's cool. You don't you don't need to do anything too crazy uh, as long as you know that you're recharging your own batteries. It, it's all good. Um, you don't really need to impress anybody other than yourself. Um, <laughs> if you even need to impress yourself, I don't know. But, you know, setting goals is, is healthy. I'm not going to just totally say it's okay to do nothing forever. But, um, yeah. If you find that you need motivation and stuff, or if you want to just talk those things out, like by all means, the Twitch stream is the probably one of the coolest places where you can reach out to me and I can just genuinely ask, like, answer your question from the bottom of my heart of just like what I would do if I was in your scenario. Um, I think a lot of people are very driven and motivated, uh, but they just need like a little bit of direction. Um, it's very, very difficult to, uh, you know, figure out what exactly you want to do when when the ability to learn everything is at the finger at your fingertips right like on google so you know some of that needs to be explored with you know more more than likely like a therapist to be honest but you know if you wanted a friend to bounce the ideas off of the twitch stream i think is a really cool place to do so um if you know you you know you've always thought about doing this or doing this then you know maybe it takes someone to ask you like why like why do you want to do that like why why not this or you know that's really cool that you want to do that what inspired you to do that and then maybe like delve deeper it's all super super cool and um just things that you should probably ask yourself you know on your commute maybe like after you're done listening to your podcast you're listening to your music just take some time to like find some like reflective dialogue to chat with yourself with it's like okay, uh, where am I in my life right now? Am I happy about it? If I'm not happy about it, what can I do about it? Okay, these things that I want to do, uh, how feasible are they? Do I, got, do I got other responsibilities? Where can I fit this in? Or maybe you are someone that's like, ah, oh, yeah, where am I in my life right now? I'm content. And it's like, do I want to make it, like, 
quote better or do you know is there anything that i want to you know challenge myself with like all of these questions are just always available to be answered but if you never understand to just like pause in life and just ask yourself these questions maybe you just end up going through another year and just working right and that's just something that i want to help prevent and i just want to have people think which like gonna let you guys and girls in on a like a little secret that's like the entire point of my twitter is i say all of these like very very triggering things um some of which are not even triggering it's just to make you think like well me saying like imagine if you bought the dip too early and then that makes you think like oh wow what why would you think that why would you think that you know we're, we're gonna continue going down and then you know i tweet the next day like imagine buying the dip too late and it's like man, this Junie guy is so inconsistent, or he's like, oh, yeah, is the market go up or down, and he's never going to decide, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's just to make you think. Like, yeah, imagine buying the dip too late, imagine buying the dip too early. It's all just to make you think. I'm pretty neutral when it comes to the market. Uh, I just hope for the best and, you know, hope it eventually goes up, which is pretty prevalent in my coronavirus crash days. And I have audio proof of that, by the way. If you want to just scroll down on your Spotify or Apple Podcasts app, there's all these audio recordings of me just being optimistically bullish during those times. Um, but more or less, I just want people to start questioning things and think. Like, there's no reason why you should be feeling super unhappy about really anything, like, every day. Um, not to say, like, you're not allowed to feel sad or bad, but... You should be doing something like proactive to make your everyday experience of life good. Like it's this is the only life you really live, um, and so you want to make the best of it. Uh, wow, I actually talked a lot longer in this section than I thought I would, but I hope I hope everyone understands what I'm trying to get at. Just ask yourself some some cool questions in your commute to work. Uh, if you come up with any cool things or you realize any cool things, send them to me at junior at thetagain.com. Uh, I'll greatly appreciate it. I'll read it for sure. I don't know if I'll reply just because there's just so many emails that are backlogged right now. But I will absolutely read it. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. I'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.